I'm calling today's word healing the shadow self. And I'd like to share what I believe the shadow self is and how the Bible depicts it. It has to do with our inner life, with its feelings and deeper motivations of why we do what we do. And much of our inner life in this regard is hidden in the deeper recesses of the soul and remains unknown even to ourselves. These feelings and doubts and fears get pushed down and suppressed and they make up what are called the shadows of the unknown self, our shadow self. When David wrote Psalm 32, he portrays to us his life as a man who was taken from shame and guilt into acceptance and forgiveness and from despair and depression into fulfilment and joy and transformed from his shadow self into his true self. And he encourages us in Psalm 32 to embrace this kind of transformation through God's love and mercy and forgiveness. In this psalm, David starts off paying tribute to the blessings of the magnificent mercy and forgiveness of God. He then recounts the damage and torment he did to his own soul by keeping everything in the shadows before finally opening up to God and letting his light and truth come into his heart. Then he gives thanks for the safe place of refuge that he finds in the presence of God and he rejoices in the powerful blessing of his inner transformation, encouraging us to trust God for this same blessing. Now I'd like to read Psalm 32. It's only a short psalm. It's got seven verses. So I'm going to read. Psalm 32, verse 1. Blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven, whose sin is covered. Blessed is the man against whom the Lord counts no iniquity and in whose spirit there is no deceit. For when I kept silent, and that word silent is harass, which means conceal, or ignore the state that I'm in. For when I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. That word groaning in the Hebrew is A-G-A, A-G-A. It sounds like groaning. The word and pronunciation fits the mood. Verse 4, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me and my strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. I acknowledged my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the iniquity of my sin. Therefore, 
let all the godly pray to you while there is still time, so that they may not drown in the floodwaters of judgment. You are a hiding place for me. You preserve me from getting stuck in a place of trouble. You surround me with shouts of deliverance. And then God says in verse 7 to David, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I'll counsel you with my eye. Don't be like a horse or a mule without understanding, which must be curved in with bitten bridle and will not stay close to you. Many are the sorrows of the wicked, but steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts the Lord. Be glad in the Lord and rejoice and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. So I'm going to go through this psalm now and have a look at the beginning where David starts off. He speaks about the three expressions of God's love in his forgiveness and covering and mercy towards us. And we have three areas of failure and liability concerning what sin is. In this psalm, the Bible just doesn't talk about sin. It, it, it breaks up sin into three different expressions of, of failure and liability, and they are transgression, then sin, and then iniquity. And they're all defined specifically in the original Hebrew language. So in verse 1, he says, blessed is the one whose transgression is forgiven. That's the first one, whose sin is covered. That's the second expression. And then in verse 2, he said, blessed is the man whom the Lord counts no iniquity against him. And in whose spirit there is no guile or deceit. So we have those three expressions. And I'm going to look at each one of them and we'll see what their original word means insofar as our failure and our liability. Well, the first one is transgression. Then there comes sin and then there comes iniquity. Well, transgression in the Hebrew language is pesah, P-E-S-A. Now that means active resistance or revolt, rebellion the act of deliberate and willful disobedience to God's moral and spiritual laws. And David said that he received forgiveness for those things from a forgiving and eternally loving God. He said, blessed is the man whose transgression is forgiven. Uh, in Jeremiah chapter 31, it speaks about God being eternally loving unforgiving right from the beginning god never stopped loving his children adam and eve when they sinned when they transgressed he forgave them their transgression but he also required that they bear the consequence of their disobedience and primarily for them that was this startling and unfamiliar experience of feeling separated from God. That was a mindset of separation. But God knew that that separation, that feeling would disappear whenever they repented 
and received his forgiveness and redeeming love. Then David speaks about sin. And the word in the original language there is hata, H-A-T-A. That means an offence that causes a person to turn from the path and miss the mark. The experience of being led astray by wrong desires and falling into sin through temptation. David was tempted into committing adultery with Bathsheba and subsequently sending her husband into the front line of battle where he was killed. That's pretty grievous sin. But David tells us in this verse that that sin was covered. He knew he was covered by God for those things because of the blood of sacrifice. He also knew he would bear the consequences of his sin and suffer much grief because of it. And we read in this psalm of the sorrow and remorse he went through because of his guilt. Now the third area of sin and liability in that verse is iniquity. And the word in the original language there is avon, A-V-O-W-N, which means the twisted or distorted nature of our flawed humanity right from the time of our birth. The limitations of our human nature that we're born with. David said that this was not counted against him. He describes this word, avon, iniquity, in another psalm. In Psalm 51, he says, Behold, I was born in iniquity, but you delight in truth in the inward being, and you teach me wisdom in the secret place of my heart. And that's why David said in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, know my heart, test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there is anything offensive in me and lead me along the path of everlasting life. David realised he was getting in the way of God's light into his heart so that all he could see was his shadow, the shadow of the unknown side of his sinful self the false vision that he had of himself living independently from God and getting stuck in a place of trouble. He knew that God knew everything about him and that God didn't have to search him in order to find out what he was like. What David was really saying was, Lord, I want to know about me what you know about me. David wanted to know what was in the shadow side of his life so that he could make way for God to transform him into the man that God wanted him to be. David knew by his guilt and shame that there were things inside him that had led him into deep sin. He also knew that he'd been driven by his natural instincts to react defensively and aggressively in the face of threat and danger. And there was something about this that plunged David into sorrow and even pain. And he tells us in this psalm that what caused him so much sorrow and suffering was the struggle with the burden of his hidden sin and his doubts and fears and wrong motivations. And he was honest enough to want to know about them and to be transparent about his shadow self. Our shadow self is a bundle of everything we don't want to know concerning this painful life of ours. We don't want to know about it because 
as human beings, we've got a full life of our own aspirations and plans that we want to get on with. And it's scary and painful to face the why and how of the pain that we have in life. But we cannot ignore the very real pain of those hidden shadow feelings, even though our inner shadow self with its hidden feelings and deeper motivations and its doubts and fears can get pushed down and suppressed so that we can remain unconscious of them. Our pain will always come to the surface when everything else stays hidden. But when David faced that shadow self and came into the light of God's word, he received healing from the guilt and shame and the emotional and mental pain that he was going through. We see him, as he wrote that in the psalm, day and night your hand was heavy upon me. You can see the symptoms of his depressed state. My strength was dried up as by the heat of summer. When he wrote in the Psalms, he opened up his life to us, as well as to God. He opened up his thoughts and feelings and his successes and his failures. But he doesn't only open up his own life to us, but he also mirrors the soul of humanity and the journey of the human soul as it changes its attachment from a self-serving pursuit of fulfilment and its own happiness to its attachment to God's heart. That was David's journey out of the shadow self into his true self. And David is an example in the Bible of an Old Testament person living with a heart for God and prophetically enjoying a New Testament experience of mercy and forgiveness and the attainment of true fulfilment and happiness through God's love. The Bible tells us that he was called a man after God's own heart. And he writes in Psalm 139, verse 16, All the days for me were written in your book. And God's done that for each one of us. We are in this psalm drawn into the life of David, where we can often see our own humanity reflected in his life. Even Jesus in his humanity as the perfect son of God who was without sin is called many times in the Bible the son of David. David is such a reflection of the human struggle and for us the transformation out of the shadow self into the true self. David opens up that book that he speaks about there the days for him were written in God's book. He opens that book up, that book of his God-loved and God-forgiven life so that we can read it. And he invites us and challenges us to do the same and to be healed from our shadow self to our true self. And then Paul quotes David from Psalm 32 in Romans and brings this experience of David's healing of his shadow self into the New Testament through the work of Jesus on the cross. And he mentions those same three areas of failure and liability, the three areas of sin. Romans 4, verse 6. Blessed are those whose transgressions are forgiven, number one, and whose sins are covered, number two, Blessed is the man against whom the Lord will not count his iniquity. 
Number three, we've looked at those three things. And Paul brings them up again in Romans. So this psalm is central to the gospel and it points out the path of true peace and happiness to all of us who are made aware of our shadow self and upright enough in heart, that means righteousness, upright in heart, to take responsibility for it. This awareness often comes about when we have failed ourselves and God through our stumbling and falling and our hurtful reactions to situations. However, this blessing in disguise of being made aware of our shadow self can set us free from the harmful spiritual and emotional and physical effects of darkness so that we can find healing and growth in our spirit and soul. I believe God wants to do that for so many in these days. Just as our weakness and failure of our natural life is hidden in our shadow self, our new life of faith is hidden also, but hidden with Christ in God. And just as light and truth reveals our failures, his light and truth reveals to us our true self as God created us to be in Christ, accepted and forgiven and endowed with individual creative gifts that are waiting to be expressed and enjoyed. The journey of the old natural mindset that creates its own pathway to fulfilment and happiness starts in us at around age three or four when we begin to plan ways to achieve our own program for happiness, which is about having what we want and when we want it and using unpleasant measures on mum and dad, such as demanding attention and using emotional manipulation and crying and anger tantrums. The difference between children and adults is that adults have learned to become more skilled and subtle about pursuing their fulfilment and happiness program. In this old natural mindset as adults, we still want to control the circumstances around us and to get attention and approval for everything we do and to feel secure about our material possessions. And along with around 8 billion others, we pour all our emotional and mental and physical energy into those pursuits. We're willing to change our careers, our appearance and identity labels and even our names but ask us to pour our energy into changing our hearts to pursue a life devoted to God and we resist at all costs. People are too busy with their programs, even religious and prayerful ones, wanting that extra bit of control, maybe just over a few things, even sometimes over God, and quoting a scripture to him just for good measure. The kind of transformation that David is talking about in this psalm is not about being changed from a bad person to a good person or from a non-churchgoer to a churchgoer. Transformation is about being changed from living in the natural shadow of our false self to living in the light of the Holy Spirit in our true self. That transformation is what the Bible means about what our salvation really is, 
Sozo is the word in Greek, salvation. It's the same word for healing. The healing of the shadow self at the present moment. The salvation of the soul. It means far more than just going to heaven one day where there will be no more tears, no more sorrow, and no more shadow self. That is why the Bible says, now is the day of salvation. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Now is the day of salvation, sozo, healing. This is the time for the healing of our shadow self, here and now. And we're living in times when I believe God is wanting this to be the grace that we receive from him. We have the presence of God. But what can be missing is our being present to God. Being present to God means two things. The first thing is simply to be there, consciously being there and honouring that time as belonging to God and also conscious of his love for you and of his supernatural activity for good towards you at that moment. The second thing is to present yourself to God. There are two aspects to being present. Being there and then the word Present, pronounced present, is the second aspect. So we present ourselves to God as his new creation, yielded to his will for our life, and confirming this by giving thanks to him in our current circumstances. I believe that at this time in history, there is a work of the grace of God drawing us into being present with him and to him with our whole heart and mind. Let us receive this psalm, Psalm 32, and see it as a journey whereby we're transformed out of the darkness of the shadow self into the light of our true self as who we are in Christ. Amen.